0: Impala 20 Minutes with Jason Rackham. Today on Impala's 20 Minutes with podcast, we are joined by the man behind the Love Record Stores Initiative. He is this year's laureate of Impala's Outstanding Contribution Award and Managing Director of PSUK, Jason Rackham. Jason, welcome.
1: Hi, nice to meet you.
0: Thank you for joining us, and congratulations on winning this amazing award. How does it feel to be in the company of winners like Martin Mills, Charles Caldas, and Mario Pacheco?
1: Mixed feelings, I guess. I feel personally very humbled but also um, I think I can speak for the team that were involved in the, the campaign to say also that we feel enormously proud and, and excited with the prospect of uh, receiving this award.
0: That's wonderful to hear. Now a bit more about your background. Your career in the music industry started in record stores. What has your experience been working? in record retail and what has that taught you why is it important to continue supporting record retailers
1: working in a record store is quite a distant memory for me now although i do still spend quite a bit of time in record stores but my lasting memories are the sense of community around stores and the what they deliver to their customers from a sort of a word of mouth and an introduction to new music and new artists. I think record stores are very important and powerful when it comes to laying the foundations of a new artist's career. I think at Pias we sit very centrally in within the independent sector and have very mature relationships with both labels, artists, and the retail sector. And one of the things that we see as a company is this absolute tangible power for record stores to help break artists. So, for example, you could take the recent number one album by British band Idols, signed to Partizan Records, and if you were to delve into the, the numbers and look at the week one sales of that number one album, you would see a significant amount of those sales. I think it was almost, I think it was around 83% of the week one sales were through for, for record stores. So they very much anchor the success of artists and they're very much act as a, as a platform for artists. And as far as what have I learned from when I worked in record stores, I learned a lot about the passion and the inquisitiveness of music fans, and how a record store can build really valuable relationships with its consumer base, and a a relationship based on trust. It's a very beautiful and powerful thing.
0: It's fascinating. Can you, in some ways, give a brief description of what a record store is? Because I know there's a generation that has come along that has never had to deal with one. Right, and if you weren't a music fanatic in the 70s, 80s, 90s, but decided that something like Spotify works for you, there are even still older people who may not necessarily appreciate what exactly a record store is as opposed to music retail. Briefly, can you give us an idea of what how you'd explain what a record store is?
1: Well, maybe. Maybe a good way of describing it is my my experience of the independent store that I worked in, which was a place where people could meet, they could uh, drink coffee, they could smoke cigarettes, they could listen to weird and wonderful records, maybe for the first time. It's an environment inhabited by absolute musical enthusiasts and experts, and I think you see that in modern. Independent record stores now, there is still this environment which is not just based really around music, it's based around culture as a whole and art and literature. And they are places to meet. If you visit Rough Trade East in London, it's a coffee shop, it has artist performances, there are bookshelves, there are, you know, secondhand vintage vinyl being sold, as well as the latest new releases. I think record stores have become multicultural hubs in their environments.
0: Excellent. So just like many other businesses, record stores suffered serious consequences because of the COVID-19 crisis. Could you tell us more about the Love Record Stores initiative? How and when did you come up with the idea and who was initially involved?
1: Well, I came up with the original concept of it back in March, right at the very beginning of when the lockdown started to hit in Europe. Came up with the idea, pretty much sitting at this table here in this room. And I had been bouncing some ideas around internally at PS and with Kenny Gates, my CEO. We were talking about how within the developing situation that small businesses were very vulnerable. And it got me thinking, those small businesses who are a really important part of our ecosystem are the are the record stores and p s having and sitting within this international network had perhaps the ability to lead a campaign that could help support the stores and initially, it was really very simple. I approached a few artists to ask them to create social media content to talk about their favorite stores. Uh, to talk about what record stores mean for them and to basically encourage the consumers to continue to shop at the stores, even though they were shuttered or closed, because a lot of these stores obviously run, you know, really efficient um, mail order and home delivery services. And so I, I sort of I thought if we can encourage music fans to continue to shop in that way, it would help the stores Um, survive the lockdown that was happening due to the pandemic. We did that under the very simple hashtag of Hashtag Love Record Stores. I think Kay Tempest uh, was the first artist who made a film to talk about it. And it, it sort of started to develop from there. I was talking to Martin Mills and Lawrence at Domino and Hannah at Secretly Canadian. And I was sort of sounding out the idea with a number of people across the independent sector and they were all very supportive of it. Daniel Miller at Mute was very vocal and very encouraging of me because I think sometimes when you come up with these ideas, you, you sort of question them yourself and it's quite easy to toss them aside and move on. But Daniel was very pushy with me and was like, look, you got it. You should There's something in this. You should. We should try and run with it. So we 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 continued to encourage artists and, and labels started encouraging their artists and it and it really grew. And people like Paul Weller, Peter Gabriel, Ezra Collective, Elton John, like Elton John did this film from his kitchen in LA talking about going record shopping, and it just grew. And you know, and then then the Rolling Stones were tweeting their support for it, and it just sort of became a bit of a movement really and very organically and and the independent sector were behind it and were driving it um like with any I suppose with any think that starts to really become a movement or a happening you start to think okay what do we do next and it continued to develop you know we launched a website we launched a blog whereby stores could post imagery and talk about their experiences of trying to run the stores during the pandemic and we we received lots of entries from stores all over the world. And then I <laughs> I started getting interview requests from like Rolling Stone Argentina um, and Publication Australia and El Pias and The Figaro. And it was crazy. My wife was like, what is going on? You're <laughs> you're upstairs in the bedroom. Talking to all of these international journalists about this thing you came up with at this table, but I just think it captured people's imagination really. Yeah. And at that point, when it was, you know, just like a hashtag, that's when Andy Saunders came on board and said, "Look, you know, I want to work with you on the PR strategy." Rupert Morrison, who owns a record store called Drift in Totnes in Devon, you know, was like, "I want to help from a retail perspective." um how we can grow this. Our PS team and our art director, Annalise at Piaz, she, she designed all of like, suddenly like we had brand identity. <laughs> uh, you know, we had a look and an aesthetic. That team that came around it, that small team, really started to develop the idea. And it did grow internationally. Um, but then it grew in the campaign sort of started to become something much more than just just a hashtag, really.
0: A movement, as you said. In June, Love Record Stores Day generated one million pounds in revenue. Mm. Now, bear with me a second. In an era where loss-making tech startups are being valued in the billions of dollars, was this considered a success?
1: I think it's very difficult to compare us to a tech startup <laughs> um, because We were a really small group of friends and colleagues in the business, and it was more of um, a campaign based around driving goodwill and support. I don't think we were even thinking about driving revenues. It was just that Record Store Day itself became delayed due to the pandemic, and we then conceived the idea of creating an event around Love Record stores that was purely an online shopping day for stores. And we essentially created a 24 hour online in-store event, which had a multitude of artists. Well, we tried to make it 24 hour. It actually ended up having to be 48 hours worth of music and performances. <laughs> so we actually had to have two rooms online. <laughs> I think the event was a success. I think the stores really felt as a success. The, the independent labels produced new limited edition vinyl releases, dropped into stores on the day and were sold online. Rough Trade Store, which obviously is hugely influential, called me and told me that it generated their biggest ever online shopping day in the history of the shop.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, which felt like in a you know, really positive achievement. Shops were selling like a month's worth of turnover in a matter of 10 minutes. And we ended up making the national news in the UK. So our ambassador, Tim Burgess, ended up with an ITV news journalist sitting in his front room interviewing him about it. So I think in all, even the million pounds of revenues aside, I feel like it was a success because we created a movement based around encouraging the community to support small businesses. And that was what we set out to do.
0: So what are your expectations half a year later?
1: We expected there to be a second lockdown, the second wave of COVID. I think everybody globally expected that to happen. And so we were busying away thinking what else could we do for Q4 and the winter months, which are obviously really important months for retail. So we, behind the scenes, continued our work on the campaign and we developed the Love Record Stores Independent Albums of the Year. And this is basically a campaign whereby we have record stores come together and vote on what they believe to be the top 100 independent albums of the year. And then again, the labels are releasing a whole new raft of dedicated, you know, exclusive vinyl product into stores. And that should help again drive another you know good level of revenues into the stores but also i think importantly there were lots of releases that came out earlier in the year that were were impacted by the pandemic and impacted by covid we sort of saw this as an opportunity to remarket and reprofile those um, those albums that might have been the successful might have been damaged earlier in the year going and like right, to make this a thing that the independent sector really own. I see future events and I see future activity and it shouldn't just take a pandemic for to be the inspiration for something like this. We as the independent sector I think should come together anyway and should be driving initiative and campaigns like this because it's good, it's good for everybody. And it was very organic and it just sort of grew as more and more people threw ideas in.
0: Sounds very independent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jeff Barrett, uh, Heavenly Recordings, you know, incredible British independent record label, he was involved and he's just like, I always think he's like popcorn. Like you ask him for an idea on something and it just starts flying, like the ideas just start flying out. He was involved in, you know, in this campaign and brought lots of ideas to the table. It was, as you say, it is very independent and it is very much about the spirit of entrepreneurship, really, and, and and people working collectively.
0: So where can listeners find information for all this?
1: You should go to www.loverecordstores.com and there you'll find the record store blogs, our mission statement for the campaign. You can link to the stores that are involved in the campaign. You can see the products that are being released. You can see the top 100 independent albums of the year, you can still listen to the 48 hours of music that we created and performances. So, you know, there are DJ sets from Errol Alkin, Richard Russell, uh, performances from like Fontaine's DC, amongst a multitude of artists. It was all curated by amazing collection of independent labels that we work with. And it's, it's all still there on the website. So, yeah, visit that website and it will give you a good understanding of what we're up to.
0: What are the three things that stand out for you in the past 12 months?
1: The ability for the independent sector to come together in the face of adversity. Secondly, how adaptable the sector is in its abilities to continue to release music, develop artists' careers whilst... Um, there's significant interruption I think that's been pretty incredible actually and thirdly maybe which is more of a a sort of negative point really is how vulnerable small businesses are during this pandemic that's existed pretty much over the last 12 months and I would include the artist community in that as well essentially artists themselves are small businesses and they're incredibly vulnerable and it's been It's been very, very challenging for the artist community to get through what the globe's been going through over the last few months.
0: Now, what are you often heard saying?
1: Kenny Gates, my CEO, at one of our international conferences wore a T-shirt, which in French uh, said, together we are stronger. Um, And it really stuck with me, that phrase. And I think I quite often am heard saying that in lots of different, environments within the business that togetherness, um, really does, you know, whether we are a group of labels, whether we are a group of independent distributors, whether we are a community of artists, whatever it may be, I think we are generally stronger together.
0: Very positive. What's your one piece of advice to anyone considering a career in music?
1: I would recommend that they focus on the artists always and not themselves i think it's very easy within our industry to fall into the trap of marketing oneself or promoting oneself rather than actually focusing on the artists and if we focus on the artists and we deliver our experience and our tenacity and our strategies into what they're trying to do then that helps us optimize success, which in turn creates a very positive environment for everybody. So I would say be, be wholeheartedly focused on the artists and not necessarily yourself and your expense account.
0: And finally, an artist related, what's on your playlist at the moment?
1: On my playlist at the moment, I'm really loving uh, this young British artist called Arlo Parks. We um, signed to Transgressive. She's pretty incredible. I love the Idols record. It's certainly an album that I listen to a lot when I'm running. It's very purposeful. It's very angry. It's very frustrated, much like me when I'm running. Um, <laughs> I really love the Kerangbin record. Came out earlier this year. I love. I love jazz. I love listening to jazz. I love the Moses Boyd record. I love Kamasi Washington. There's this British collective called Salt, which is kind of formed around producer inflow. And they're making really incredible, very political British soul music, which is really exciting. And then when I want to sort of switch off, drift away and unplug, I listen to Orlando Weeks, the singer from the Maccabees, released a solo record, which is it came out on the Play It Sam label, and it's really beautiful and transportive.
0: Well, Jason, it's been clearly a very informative and fascinating interview. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you. And um, see you somewhere in the music industry soon.
1: Yeah, I'll see you at the bar.